This is Hugh Douglas from 9290 Game, and you listen to MTMV Sports. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in. Hey, how y'all doing? It's Rick Sincere with MTMV Sports. I'm geeked to be joined by the entire team today. Let's go team, sound off. Let me hear you, Conrad. What's good? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Connie Westside, the best eye with the Campus Connect crew. What up? What's good? JT, what's good, fam? Yo, 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 what's up, man? It's your boy JT. Live in the building with, you know, Campus Connect crew. I'll let your boy. Amen, amen. What's good, voice? <laughs> what's good, everybody? It's your man, the voice. Fights correspondent for MTMV Sports. Bring you all things combat, all things fight night, all the time. Hallelujah. Let's talk, Venora. What's good with you? Hello, everybody. It's your one and only Bernard Lewis, also known as Norn Detesh. All right, let's talk, y'all. So, um, man, this has been a big week in football. It's big, a big week, big week in sports, period. Um, actually, on the show this week, we have somebody talk about what's going on in soccer. Um, there's racism happening in soccer right now. Uh, I mean, not right now. It's been rampant for a while, right? That's kind of been a thing. Um, talking about that, there's something happening at our home base. One of the premier colleges just fired one of the not given a too long of a leash black coaches, <laughs> Willie Taggart. Um, and I want to know more about it. We have to talk about Willie Taggart being fired from Florida State. Um, we knew that I actually knew that if that team didn't do well, this might happen. But I didn't expect it to happen this soon. Conrad, you got the inside scoop um, and the Florida perspective. Talk to us, man. What's going on uh, with the firing of Willie Taggart from your favorite school? Well, Saturday night, man, uh, one of my sources was in the the uh, elevator with the uh, athletic director of Florida State. And usually around a loss, you know, they joke it off, hey, man, we're still building. This time, it was serious. Uh, they pretty much said, hey, man, I'm done. And uh, the boosters, I'm done. Now, Willie's done. Willie got fired actually Saturday night, uh, Saturday evening, right, uh, shortly after the game. Um, he had got called up to the office, and then they they decided to announce it later on on Sunday, which it it uh it it kind of divided the city for a while. Um, you know, Willie being the first black head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, it's it's uh it's it's really it's it's really one of those things that where like you don't want to call out racism, but you have to call out this guy's uh. We, you have to call out this guy's record. Um, his record wasn't a good one, and he kept losing against some of the rivals that that we played against, and it's it's not a good look for him. So, right, and like for me, I was not uh, I was not with it. Now sources are telling me that Bob Stoops is uh, actually in running to be the next head coach over here at Florida State. So I'll, I'll give you more as I get more details on that. So, man, why was the leash so short? Like, why wasn't he given um, at least till the end of the season? Why did they feel like this was urgent and it needed to happen now? 
Well, it seems like the uh, the AD saw that you know, the players weren't responding to him. And even though they respected him, they just didn't respond to him well. And now we're sitting here with a bunch of guys that, you know, they don't understand the winning culture of Florida State. <clears throat> and then we got this gentleman that's supposed to be leading the crew. And they had to make the tough decision. Now, he, they knew it was going to come with a uh, backlash. So what happened? They wound up getting the boosters to come together, and the boosters bought, bought them out. Okay, so you feel that they felt that it was drastic because the players were no longer responding <coughs> to whatever his coaching techniques were. Do you feel that, do you, in your own opinion, do you feel that if given more time, he could have become successful in Florida State? Um. No, I don't think so. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, I want to be opt- I want to be optimistic here and be optimist, but I, I can't in this situation because I don't think Willie understood the magnitude of winning here at Florida State. You know, you can only you can, it's his dream school, and keep in mind he was a fan of this program. When you're a fan of something, you really don't understand how to operate something that you're just a fan of. So you think what you're doing is good enough. So honestly, I don't think he was good enough. I don't think he had I don't think he had the coaching abilities. I don't think he had uh the the savvy of recruiting and getting that big name guy. So I, to be honest with you, I think it's a good move. I hate to see the move, but I, I think it's a good move. JT, you felt different about the situation. I felt you shaking your head. Um did you feel do you feel that if given enough time he could have actually done something in this program? Yeah, I think if he was if he was given maybe I don't know maybe another two to three years to actually go out and actually try to recruit better. Yes, his first two years that his recruiting was not the best, but I feel like if he would have had a chance to really just put his foot into the the Florida soil and go out and recruit, I think he could have had a, a decent recruit class to where it wouldn't it wouldn't have been no Jumbo Fisher type class or you know team. But it could have been a productive team to where they at least compete for the ACC title. You know, right now, those guys who he's coaching are jumbo guys. You know what I'm saying? And they just didn't Bro, I got to cut you off right there because you know Dick Saban's in Florida's backyard. So you have to be that guy to get those recruits. You know this, being that you're a Florida Gator guy, and you know that Florida – they have to have like a ring around the state of Florida just so that Nick Saban doesn't come into the backyard. You know this. Yeah. yeah. You know this. You even saw one of your recruits two years ago. You know this. But at the same time, I feel like he if he would have he he have some type of impact. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he could have, you know, brought in older guys, like, you know, older Florida State Seminoles to go on a recruiting trip with him and say, hey, this is the Florida State culture. This is what we can bring uh, to you. You know, he—he, he, I don't feel like you know he had enough chance to actually reach out and use his resources because they're there. Florida State alumni is, is like they love the school, so I'm pretty sure if you would have reached out to an alumni, they would have helped. All right, y'all. So, man, I—I I honestly feel bad um, for that situation for him. Um, I mean, I, I heard you guys' opinion. I feel like given a little bit more time, he could have done something with the program. Um, but there is a sense of urgency that there is a culture of winning. And they were away from the Florida State that I've grown to know, love and respect. Right. And so something had to be done. Something got done. So that's that is what it is. 
Florida State, the fact that the next conversation, the fact that Florida State's name would be laughably mentioned in this next conversation tells me a lot. And so the next conversation we'll talk about is the official college football playoff committee's list, right? The official, those little numbers that's been next to everybody's team, those were precursors. Now this is the real deal. And these are the things that will determine who, these are the numbers of the standings that will determine who makes it in the college football playoffs. And here is the list, right? Here's, here's how it all lays out. At number six, we have UGA, the University of Georgia at number six. At five, Clemson. Clemson on the outside, looking in. Clemson at number four, Penn State, to the surprise of maybe everybody. At three, Bama, which means to say that if they lose, anyway, at two, <laughs> LSU, vulnerable now, not the number one team in the country. It seemed weird saying it. Now it seems right. They're the number two team in the country. And Ohio State is the number one team in the country. Campus Connect, fellas, man, what y'all feel about this list? Man, it's so this list right here is kind of sort of setting up to have two SEC teams in the playoffs. Again, again. And, and, and the reason I say that because one, you got LSU at number two, and Alabama at number three. So if one of those lose. Like one of those two teams are going to lose to each other because they play what next weekend? I think it is. They play mm-hmm. Saturday. They play Saturday. Okay, so one of those they're going to lose to one of those teams will have a loss, which ultimately will drop them to a number four slot. I feel bad for Clemson because you're the defending champ, but you're left out, and you haven't lost the game. And then compared to Penn State, now Penn State, I I just don't see why they're in the top four. Me personally, like they have a pretty decent schedule. Like, they really play. It's I just don't see how they're in the top four. And Clemson is not left outside looking in. Georgia, I understand. Ohio State, number one. Like, bro, Ohio State hasn't proved nothing to me, honestly. So well, when, I, you I don't, got, when you have the number one quarterback in the country two years ago. Um, high school recruit that uh, you know, it it kind of boosts your revenue. It boosts it, it boosts uh, your, your your I guess your 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 swagger out there. So everybody wants this gentleman to be uh, like ho- uh, like highly sought after. So of course you're going to be placing number one. Not only that, uh, Ohio State people have been missing Ohio State being at the number one spot for years. I mean, it's so, it's been such an hey. SEC. Think about it. It's been such an SEC-driven league since, what, 2003. It's been SEC. It's been SEC talks. It's been SEC, SEC, SEC. And they want to go back to, well, let's go back to where Ohio State was number one at one point in the time. Or let's let's talk about let's talk about how the Big Ten was the guys, the big guys in the room. You see they got two Big Ten schools in the race. Now they're like, yo – Okay, we don't have to fill this up with SEC. Not only that, I think they're disrespecting Clemson by putting a Penn State ahead of them. Now, keep in mind, this is just clickbait. We all know it's clickbait. I mean, anybody that anybody with with eyes, ears, and some type of sense will tell you, oh man, they they don't really believe that. They don't really believe that Clemson uh, that uh, Penn State is better than Clemson. They don't really believe that. That's just something for people to talk about. 
they need some they need some spice here in the doggone uh NCAA and they're doing it. Now let me say so, this. I, I don't I don't outright believe that Penn State is better than Clemson. But let me read y'all some scores and y'all tell me what you think. Now, granted, these scores are against um, you know, not the best talent in the world, but my God. If you look at Penn State versus Idaho, 79 to 7. Uh, Idaho. That's Idaho. I know, I know, but that's the point. That's a Kobe Bryant type night. Like that's that's seventy nine points. Anyway, let's move on. Against Buffalo, forty five to thirteen. Against Maryland, fifty nine to zero. Against Purdue, thirty five to seven. Now, if you look at some of the the, if you look at Clemson, they played some um not so great talent, right? They're still not blowing them out, seventy nine to seven. Right. Um, they haven't beat them fifty nine to zero. That's Maryland. 59-0? I mean, that's crazy. Michigan State, they just beat 28 to 7. Um well, not listen, listen I don't, I don't team, think it's enough, but man, that's a, that's that's yeah, impressive. Think about the team that they okay, the two ranked teams that they played, uh Iowa and Michigan. They beat Iowa by five points. Yeah, I see it. That's they a ranked Michigan team though. Against the ranked team, right. So when they go up against good quality teams, you know what I'm saying? What's the level of competition? Are they really that good? Or is the team they're playing against really just make mental errors? Because really, really, Iowa should have beat Penn State that game. Hey, that's a that's a lot of mental errors, bro. You know what? And then yeah, that's a lot of mental errors. That's a lot <laughs> of mental errors. Now look, look, the, the, Clemson's putting up good numbers, right? You look at Clemson. Um, same thing. Clemson against Syracuse, forty-one to six. Um, they play Charlotte. God knows what that's about, but 52 to 10, right? Um, but they played UNC, and I think this is where they got clipped. They played UNC. UNC is not ranked. 21 yeah. to 20. They barely got out of that game. Yeah, yeah. They barely got out of that game, right? Of course, they came back against Louisville, killed them 45 to 10. Against Boston College, they put up the 60-burger. For the last two weeks, they have, but, I mean, the Warford one is kind of like the Idaho one, so maybe they canceled each other out. I think the committee's really looking at that UNC game and saying, yo, that's a team that's unranked, and versus the unranked team, you looked vulnerable. And so and maybe then when, you, when you look at the rest of their schedule as well, you got North Carolina State, Wake Forest, and South Carolina. You, you don't have any ranked teams. You don't have any teams that are doing that much right now, whereas when you look at um, – Penn State's schedule specifically, they have to play Ohio State. So even though uh, they're both there uh, within the top four, just like with the other two that are in the top four, they're going to have to meet each other. And I think that much of this also has to do with the strength of schedule going forward. And and setting up those meetings, right? And so you guys are right. Um, but I don't know if this is – Conrad, to your point, I really don't know if this is setting up for SEC – um, versus SEC, because if you really look at it, yeah, three of the top six are SEC teams, but I feel like they will they could possibly eliminate each other from this top four. And I feel like Bama and LSU, this sets up for me if, if yes, man, if, <laughs> if Bama were one or if LSU were one, then I feel like if they matched up, they could still fall within the top 10. Now that they're two and three, whoever loses is out. And so, well, We'll see about that. We'll see about that because, you know, they find a way. Yo, talk to me, man. We know there's going to be a huge fight between Bama 
and LSU this Saturday. But man, there was a huge fight last weekend against Canelo with Canelo going against Sergey 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 Sergey. Yes. Um. Mm-hmm. All I know is that Canelo <laughs> put them hands on that man, Bruh, That combination was so beautiful. He knocked him through the ropes. It was nasty, bro. Tell us about that fight, and then tell us about an upcoming fight that that we should be paying attention to. Well, that fight was, it was a really, really technical battle up until the time that Canelo put the fight away. It was still very close. It was uh, 96-94 on two scorecards, and then 95 all on the other card. So they were in the 11th round. There was still an opportunity for the champ, Kovalev, to win the bout in Vegas on the cards, which is like unheard of for Canelo, but there was yet that opportunity, which I say, hey, I applaud the judges for that because that's generally not how it happens. But it it was a very technical fight, and what you saw was a Sergey Kovalev doing his best to be technical, but not being really who he is. Sergey is a power jabber. As a matter of fact, the last fight that he won, he knocked the guy out with a jab. He wasn't doing that. He was just touching him, touching him, touching him, which is what Buddy McGirt, his uh, coach, was saying in the corner. His trainer was like, just keep touching him, keep touching him. Don't put anything on your punches. Just keep touching him. Why? Because if he sat down and put something on his punches, he left himself open for uh, the counter shots, specifically to the body, which is where Canelo was going because Kovalev is known to fall to body shots. But Kovalev was sticking to the game plan. It was working out for him until it wasn't. That that sequence was phenomenal. He caught him with a nice combination, staggered Kovalev, then came back with the ones, two, and sat him down. Literally. The legs went out, boom. Just, just, you know, looked like he was breakdancing, hanging on the, uh, the rope. Start counting was like, no, nah, that, that's it, because he was out of it. That, some people say that it was a fix. You don't get knocked out like that. When you talk to refs who watch fights and they're in there to protect the fighter's safety, one of the things that will cause them to move faster is the way that someone falls. When you fall unnaturally, it shows that your brain is not connected to the rest of your body. And to just be going and, and drop, you know, like you got hydraulics, you know, you 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 trying to do uh trying to hit the corner on three wheels, you got the three wheel motion going, it's time to call it a, a day. And that's, that's how he got dropped too. Right. And, and he complained not at all. He was still sitting there with his with his arm on the uh the the ring rope when they were saying no, so it was like, huh, okay. He was just out of it. So, <laughs> you know, congrats to Canelo. It's his second knockout in a year. So he's fought three times this year, which is really unheard of in boxing. Fought three times this year, knocked out someone at 168 pounds and now at 175 pounds. So uh, congrats to him regarding that. He is the uh, only person to hold three belts at three different weight classes at the same time. So it, this, it was phenomenal. Does this fight set up for a part two? Between who? <laughs> does it set up another fight with, with Canelo and Sergey? No, not at Sergey all. Sergey got his behind touched up. 
No. I mean, touch stuff. <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at it right now. I'm like, bruh, that man got folded, bro. Folgers <laughs> crystals. Folgers <laughs> crystals. But yeah, no, it, it, it does not set up uh, a rematch. As a matter of fact, I mean, you where... think he's technically winning the fight up until that knockout. It, I, normally, he when was there's close. A, he wasn't yeah, normally winning. when you're close and you're you're winning on the cards, or at least close on the cards. Normally, that kind of plays out to you know to a part two. There's no so, part two coming. No, it's not because even though it was close, the type of fight that he was fighting was it was far too safe a fight. And though he was <laughs> hitting Canelo more, it was literally just literally touching. Like this, and you can't win a fight just tapping somebody. Nor does anyone want to sit and watch you tap somebody else again. You know, if we tap, you want to see the tap like Canelo tapped. There's a Logan Paul fight coming up. Talk to us about it. Logan Paul and KSI, uh, which you know, good for our, our people. Like Logan Paul and KSI fighting again. You know, isn't Logan Paul the guy that was in the force? over in, you know, China, and, and the person was hanging dead and he was playing with their feet. Yeah, that guy. He's fighting uh, KSI, who's also a known uh, social media influencer. I think they both have about 40 million combined uh, followers, and they are fighting once again. They did it as a exhibition last year, sold a million pay-per-views on YouTube, this year is going to be on the zone. Wow, wow! Hey, professional fight this time. Last time they had headgear. Okay, talk to me, yo. All right, so now for this last one, right? It's a it's a topic that may be near and dear to all of us, at least somewhere, right? There's a new rising black. <laughs> um, I don't want. I don't know what to call it, man. Like. No, no, honestly, we we love Lamar Jackson, but we love um just football in general. The question is now, right? You saw before the game, who saw Tom Brady walk up to Ed Reed, right? And say, You my kryptonite, whatever else, right? Um, and there's a question, it's questionable whether he said the N-word or not. I don't know if y'all saw that clip or not, right? He said it. He said it. I don't care. He said it. I saw it. He said it. He said it like any like any like white guy that's nervous. He said that thing. I saw the clip over ten times, and I listened over and over again, wondering if he said it. Now they had words underneath, right? There was yeah. words underneath. Um. So I asked a lot of people, "Hey, if he did say it, are you willing to give Tom Brady the pass?" That's that's what. That's what I said. So before we hop in, just real quick, are y'all willing to give him the pass? Just real quick vote. What you got? No pass. If if Nate Diaz is not getting a pass by people, then definitely Tom Brady's not getting a pass. You giving him the pass? I would give him a pass. A pass only because you know he he brought he brought a couple of relatives Super Bowls for me. So I'll give him one. I give him one out of a million. Brought some relatives to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Some of my relatives yeah. Super Bowl, so I, I, I guess so. JT, yeah, what you got? I, give, I give him a pass, man. You know, that's my quarterback, man. You know, I give him a pass. My quarterback. <laughs> my quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, okay. So, Venora, talk to me. Um, in this game, we saw. We saw Zerkeys or Zerkeys. We saw somebody who thought, who we thought at some point was untouchable, bleed. We watched the Patriots. 
fall in phenomenal fashion. Up until this point, their defense has been dominant. The number one defense in the league, they have been phenomenal. Yes, they've played against nobody, right? But they are finally playing against a team with a at least a decent quarterback, at least a decent um, offense, and we got a chance to watch them get torched 37 to 20 in that matchup. Venora, you saw the whole game. What did you feel about the game? And then what are some questions that are still kind of lingering for you? Go for it. So going into this game, I already knew the Ravens were going to win because this is a game I've been looking forward to all season so far because I knew this was going to be the um, Patriots' first loss. I, I went on record on several different platforms saying this is going to be the first loss. So I was right. <laughs> That's one. And we're going to go into how this game went. How, so like you said, the Patriots' defense is amazing. They are dynamite. But we have not been playing stellar teams. Yes, the, the Bills have been very well good this year, but that's about it. They actually had competition against. So the game pretty much started with the Ravens just whooping tail. Like, they, it was like 10 to 0 in the first quarter. And I'm just like, hmm, my theory seems correct. So <laughs> I was just looking at that and I was interested. And I, the Patriots did start coming back. They once again, Tom Brady is one of the best quarterbacks ever. So mm-hmm. I expected him to not get uh, completely blown out in the first half. I would not expect that. They had like a 13 point um, recovery in the second quarter, which brought them on the field on the on the board. So the third quarter, pretty much was going on. It was um, a lot of um, a lot of back and forth. But once again, it's just. Um, Lamar Jackson's just really good. He's a very talented, um, talented young man, and he shows that he is getting better and better each year. And he, to me, I have a personal connection with him because of what happened to him when he was getting drafted. Like, oh, he can't be a quarterback. He needs to be a wide receiver. But look, he's leading his team to greatness, which is what I'm all about. Wait, Vanar, were you on that same track where you were saying that he should be a running back or wide receiver no, or quarterback? No. no, I'm not on that. No. Okay. If I want to be a quarterback, he's a quarterback. So let him be one. And now he's showing everybody he is one. So he beat the best, one of the best ones. Best in cheating. One best in cheating. But that's how you go out here. So, <laughs> so I got into a really good debate that I want to bring to you guys. Talk to us. Between Tom Brady and what my favorite quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Who do you think is the best quarterback? Because my view is, I think Tom Brady is a is a stud quarterback right now, but he's smart. He's smart. He's a smarter quarterback, and Aaron Rodgers, I think, is a better quarterback. I I, I love this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> JT, stupid. Um, I love this. I love this debate. Um, it's been a debate for a while. A lot of people talk about um between the two, who's the most talented? And there's no doubt. Um, if you look at just like raw talent, not not the system, outside of the system, just um, raw ability to throw the football. It's Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, hands down, because he has arm strength. Um, he can throw the, he can put the football almost anywhere. He has great accuracy, great deep throwing accuracy. He's phenomenal. And, and I look at Aaron Rodgers just as a, I mean, he's a physical specimen as far as the quarterback is concerned, right? At the same mm-hmm. time, um, quarterbacking, like, like being a quarterback, consists of a lot more than just being able to throw far and a lot yeah. more than just being, you know, deep ball accurate. Tom Brady feels like the better quarterback. But I have to say this, and it's so true, Tom Brady may be, and JT, don't get mad, but it's true. 
Tom Brady is not, he may be a product of the system in combination with his will and determination, right? His will and determination, you look at it, he's, he's playing beyond 40 and he looks like he can play until 50, right? Mm-hmm. But you put Aaron Rodgers in that same offense, I feel like Aaron Rodgers has a 10 times, like I feel like his career is 10 times better than what we're seeing from, from Tom Brady. I feel like he's. I feel like he's. Just, he would just be phenomenal in that offense, in that offensive scheme, in the offensive system. I feel like if you put Aaron Rodgers, replace Tom Brady with Aaron Rodgers in that system, Aaron Rodgers goes down as the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. I got yep. five on it that Tom Brady would suck in another <laughs> system. <laughs> what you think, JT? I mean, you're sitting back there rocking we, with your floor I feel like we might find out this offseason. I think it's coming. I'm hearing yeah. rumors that Tom Brady is not. I mean, everybody heard it on the broadcast. Um, that Tom Brady is is most likely moving on. And if Tom Brady is moving on this offseason, which I mean, to the chagrin of everybody in New England, or every Patriots fan across the nation, right? Mm-hmm. To, to you know, to to their chagrin, he will be moving on. If he moves on, then we're gonna find out was it the system or was it Brady? I I feel like. I feel like Brady outside of the system still will be a good quarterback, but that system's so good. It's such a great mm-hmm. system. And so, and, and we saw it when he went down, you saw it. So I feel like um, if Tom Brady is removed from that system, I'm not saying he's going to suck, but if it relies on his athletic ability, I think he may get exposed if he moves outside of that system. That's just my thought. Love Tom Brady. Still think he's not the goat, um, but at least um, he's one of the greatest of all time. I say that he's a goat. I don't think he's the smartest of all time. I think I think he's an extremely smart quarterback, though. And and if you look at yo, what? Okay, so I know JT want to say something, but yo, what quarterback you know gets faster from twenty something to forty? None. He did. Thomas done it right. So JT, before we clock out, because I know you itching to to speak on it. What, what's good, bro? Is, is is Tom Brady better? Okay. So I'm going to be real with you guys right now, okay? Don't come from the beard with it. I'm going to be real with y'all right now. <laughs> so, 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 like you said, it's the system. We went four, we went three and one without him, and we played, what, four good teams. Was that Jacoby yeah. Brissett, though? Jacoby Brissett played the last one. Um, who's Garoppolo? Was the first? Yeah, but, but look at it. Those guys are, are turning out to be good outside of that system, too. You're right. Clay but, studied under the smartest quarterback. Yes, exactly. If a smartest teacher, you would be a smart student. A smart player. But now, I don't do know I feel like... like... So, so he, he, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, both skill sets different. Tom, Tom Brady would not ever run out of the pocket. Aaron Rodgers, he'll easily he'll run and get you... Tom Brady has 100 rushing yards in his career, bro. That's a hundred rushing yards. I ain't got a hundred yards in eighty-five years. <laughs> no, Aaron he got a thousand rushing yards, guys. It's not a hundred. He has a thousand. Oh, okay. yes, okay. That's what I thought. My bad. It's a thousand. But still, comrade, let's be real. <laughs> he played eighty-five years. It's a thousand. My bad. I said it meant a thousand. Yeah, this over a time, like Aaron Rodgers' skill set, I feel like will put him a close second. He'd be one B. 
to Tom mm-hmm. Brady. Tom Brady. One, one B? Yeah. Right, so Tom Brady's one A, he's one B. Yeah, Tom Brady's one A, he's one B. I can't I can't get jiggy with it. Um you look at guys like Pat Mahomes, you look at guys like Drew Brees. You look at guys like that, right? And and I can't outright say Aaron Rodgers number one. I can't do it. I can't do it. Um hey, Rick, Rick, and you I can't know who the number one in my book is though? Yeah, what you got? My the number one is Dan Marino, dog. And if you don't respect it, man, I don't know what to tell you. Dan Marino at time, so we gotta go. Okay. Talking about Mr. No Rings? Can't do it. Nah, I love Marino, man. I much respect for him. Um, I still can't call him the GOAT when you're looking at guys like Joe Montana. Um, I mean, you look at I mean, I look at other guys with no rings, man. I, I just can't give him that that you know greatest of all time title. Um because he might have been a system guy too. No, what system? It was a phenomenal system. He had great receivers. His receivers were trash. What? He threw all his receivers open. Are you serious? No, no. Can't do it. Oh. Can't do it. We got to go. All right, y'all. So, so, bro, you better look that up. Anyway, um, hey, man, it's been great. <laughs> it's been great to talk to y'all. It's been phenomenal. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Um, yo, y'all know how we get down every week. Go ahead and let's sign out. Um, Venora, go ahead, ma'am. Go ahead and sign out for us. All right, guys. Thank you. This is Venora Lewis, also known as Norma Tish. And please check out another episode of the View Report under MTMV Sports Podcast. Awesome. Voice, sign out for us, bro. It's your man, The Voice, Fight Night's correspondent for MTMV Sports. Check out the MTMV main card dropping on Fridays. And Tom Brady only had about 52 yards rushing a year. That's good enough for me. All right, JT, sign out, bro. Yo, man, it's your boy JT, man, with Campus Connect. Hey, we got something big coming up soon, man, so y'all stay tuned. My team, my voice, we finna take over. All right. Go ahead. Phenomenal. Conrad, what's good, bro? Hey, this is your boy, Connie Westside, man. I'm the other half of the Connect crew, man. Check it out, man. We do got some big stuff coming, man. Holla at you, boy. Hey, Conrad, I got homework for you, bro. Yes, sir. Clayton Duper. That's all I'm going to say. Clayton Duper. Okay. Clayton Duper. Clayton Duper. God bless. God bless. All right, y'all. Hey, look. Um, it's been awesome. Hey, if you want to check us out and you want to really, um, you know, you want more of this, you want more great, great content, all you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts and you can look up MTMV Sports. And when you go to um, Apple, you see MTMV Sports. What you're going to see from us is you're going to see tons of like interviews and tons of content, tons of episodes. You're going to get MMA content. You'll get the Campus Connect content. You're going to get the V Report. You're going to get our overall, this this podcast right here. You're going to get this as well. I mean, we're dropping stuff daily, every single day. You're going to get something new. All right, y'all. So, hey, it's been phenomenal to be here with you. I can't wait to see y'all here next week. God bless. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'm going to make a toast because we still alive. No big. I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot.
Hey, this is Amy Bentley with RWMS Group, and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Aaron Simpkins here, the host of the True Strength Life podcast and owner of True Strength Apparel. Check out TrueStrengthApparel.com, where we have tank tops to flip-flops and anything in between, all based on a message of the truth of Jesus Christ. Keep it locked right here with my family from the My Team, My Voice Sports Podcast Network, and don't forget to check out TrueStrengthApparel.com.